I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Oh, Jesus Christ. Excuse me, sorry. I can't tell what's scarier. <clears throat> My uh, spooky ghost voices <clears throat> or the fact that my lungs are failing. Um, hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, Jeremy here. Uh, <laughs> by myself right now, just kind of sitting in my home uh, the day before Halloween. And this episode is going to drop on Halloween. This is our Halloween special. How fun is that? Um, only the thing is... <laughs> is when we recorded this episode, it was not uh, anywhere close to Halloween. Uh, It was the first episode that we recorded on our incredible trip to Vancouver. And if you aren't aware, uh, me and the boys, we we went to Vancouver. We were there for almost a week, and we did nine episodes in total, and cannot wait for you to hear each and every one of them. They They were amazing. But that trip would not have been possible if it wasn't for uh, a number of really important people. So I'm just going to list them off right here. Uh, the Herd uh, Films, they are a film production company in Vancouver. They're up to some really awesome shit. You can check them out at the-herd.ca. That's H-E-R-D. Uh, huge shout out to my uncle, Uncle Clyde. Uh, thank you for hooking us up with a place to crash while we were in town. Um, shout out to Gloria Makarenko. Um, she is a incredible woman on the CBC in Vancouver. She let us come on her show and talk about what we're up to and help us kind of spread our message and, and get more of a, a, an audience out in, on the West Coast. And then finally, I want to thank uh, two of our listeners, Liz and Jacinta. You guys rocked our worlds. Um, you helped us set up a meetup where a bunch of our friends and a bunch of your friends and other listeners could come and hang out. And uh, it really meant the world to us. And I'm so glad to know that we have a whole batch of new friends in Vancouver. Cannot wait to see you guys again. So, like I said, this week is our Halloween special. And this week, we sit down and talk with our friend Hannah. And uh, it's, you know, because this is the Halloween special, we talked about something that's kind of scary, kind of spooky. What happens when you get herpes, HSV-1 and 2? Most of us would look at that and think that is a terrifying situation. Um, uh, You know, maybe your sex life is over forever. Um, But we are glad to say that Hannah does not look at it that way. And um, we had a wonderful conversation with her, and I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy it. So without further ado, um, our good friend Hannah, and I hope you enjoy this spooktacular episode. Um, Oh, and how could I forget? Big shout out, and this isn't for Vancouver, this is for Halloween, to take part. Uh, They are the band 
behind the um, theme song that we bring to the show every week. And they have this bitchin' Halloween tune. And uh, we're going we're gonna to throw that full tune up at the end of today's episode because it's just so fun, so cool, and perfect for this spooky Monday Halloween night. Um, so stay tuned for the end of the episode to hear that. And if you like Take Part and like what uh, they're up to, you can check them out at uh, takepartinthis.bandcamp.com where you can uh, purchase their albums for sort of a pay-what-you-can, pay-what-you-want fee. And uh, we love those guys, so thanks for that. I think that's enough out of my mouth. I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Herpy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jeremy. Uh, I kill myself. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Hannah. She has herpes simplex virus 1 and 2. Let's talk about it. Um, uh, I think we can start off with... The fact that the three of us are in Vancouver right now. Yeah, uh, Vancouver, everybody. For our fucking podcast. Uh, you guys landed today. It's our first trip out to Vancouver, which is an amazing... It's pretty fucking cool. And, and Vancouver holds a really uh, dear holds a really dear place in the hearts of me, of Brian and I, for sure. Yeah, because uh, you guys, it was the first time that you guys saw each other uh, naked. Right. Uh, well, while you guys were out here last time. Yes. First time we saw each other naked in a sexual... A kind of atmosphere, <laughs> right. like before. Yeah, before right. we had just seen each other's fully, dicks yeah, yeah. and kind of like fully shaved. Well, you guys, you guys came out to see the Vancouver Olympics. That's right, yeah. and that's a it's a big that's a pretty like pivotal moment in both of your lives. Vancouver is like the the very it's the city and the place and the feeling that I identify with the really defined flipping of chapters of my life. Mm. Yeah, totally. where you went from being a uh, uh, hockey-playing jock asshole to uh, a, uh, a yoga hippie. Yeah, uh, right. Yes, and it was, yeah. it was after we made love. Like that, I mean, that experience, that really did it for me, too. Yeah. It really shifted my perspective. Uh, I, don't, I haven't been to Vancouver much, and, um, but one of my memories of Vancouver was I took a family trip out here. Uh, me, my mom, my dad, my sister, and uh, my ex-girlfriend... Uh, who's an absolute sweetheart. And if she's listening to this, she might not enjoy me saying this. But uh, I'm excited. uh, On our trip, it was like a family trip. And we started in Calgary and we drove to Vancouver. And uh, I think it was like 17 or 18, high school. And uh, family trip with your girlfriend in high school. She was the love of my life. I was at that point in my life, I was she was I was going to marry her. She I was absolutely deeply in love. Right. And um, and I still love her to this day. Um, but uh, it was the first time. It was the first time <laughs> you got walked in on. Uh, well, not quite. Uh, I we we ended up having sex on my um, on my aunt and uncle's pullout couch in their living room after I came home from Cowboys, which is a crazy bar in, in Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Cowboys. My dad, my uncle there. took me out to. They, I was eighteen. They were like, "You're eighteen. You oh, can go to this bar." Nice. And I came home, and uh, my ex girlfriend, who I will not say her name, just in case she's like, "Jeremy, you fucking asshole." I came home, and we we did it on the pullout couch in the living room. And I woke up the next. I was hammered, dude. Pillow couches always make that sound too. Oh, for sure, it was definitely loud. Oh, the and worst. then I woke up the next morning, and my, I, this is how I woke up. I was asleep, and then I felt 
uh, sort of a, a bigger hand than mine. Uh, dry hands. So and I immediately knew this is my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's my dad. I was like, this is my dad's hand. So my she dad, had man hands. My dad grabs my nothing hand. nothing wrong with that. I'm and just then, quoting Seinfeld. So my dad grabs my hand and he gives me a high five and then closes my fist and squeezes my fist. And inside that fist, he laid a condom wrapper. No. That I must have left on the floor. Oh, no. And then my heart went straight from my chest up into my throat, and I was like, and I kept my eyes closed. I didn't open them. But you know that Cobb had this like very, very oh, must- mixed of like, yes, my son, but <laughs> definitely clean up after yourself. Yes, 100%. 100%. And you know he's a newbie, so he definitely said to it in, in his head, yes, my son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was exactly like that. And uh, it was one of the most simultaneously most embarrassing, but also most like, well, that was pretty goddamn cool. That was a cool like connection with my, with my old man there. Uh, but speaking of uh, having sex on a pull-out couch, <laughs> Hannah. I was like, that's what I was wondering is what the segue was going to sound like. What's going on? You're, you're our first guest here in Vancouver. Yay. How fun is that? It's really fun. Thanks for having me. And we're talking about uh, sexually transmitted infections. We, we are. Well, I mean, I guess not. it doesn't have to be that, right? I don't know. Yeah. What, what are we talking about? We're talking about herpes. Herpes. Yeah. Which you'd think we'd be like at least a little bit educated on this because we did a live show and we did like half of a live show and our guests uh, had herpes. Had herpes. Yeah. And man, I don't remember. I don't remember anything. <laughs> but well, we, but got, we got really drunk that night. <laughs> I, I do think that our our memories will be jogged as the conversation goes on. I, I don't think it's fair to say that we don't I think know so anything. Too. I think yeah. that that would be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be very nice too. So Hannah, uh, you live in Vancouver. I do. You have herpes. I yeah. I'm I have all of it. Yeah. You so you have HSV one and two. I do. Yeah. I have both. So HSV one is what is usually called cold sores, so it's oral herpes. And then HSV2 is another strain of the virus that typically causes genital herpes. Right, okay. So I've got all, all of the peas. Well, let's start off with how, how, do, <laughs> the peas. how, do, you get, how do you get all the herps? How, like, how did, did, like, does it happen in one go, or did you, like, were you or just like putting you were everything collecting. everywhere and just taking it all in, or yeah, was I mean, it like two unfortunate experiences? You were like, like Ash Ketchum. There's too many little nuggets I of puns in there. <laughs> you caught them I all. Caught them all. Um, it's, yeah, it's really good to be able to laugh about it, actually. Um, yeah, well, I, I've had cold sores since I was an infant, so I got it oh. from my mom, which is when pretty... When you were born? Not when Whoa. I was born, oh, but okay. in, in like early, early days. It's pretty common um, for a child, if they're one, of, one or both of their parents has cold sores, right. to, to pick up the virus just through... Like sort everyday. of everyday contact, exactly. Yeah. Can I ask this? Yeah, is this please. a thing? Because I feel like I heard this, and maybe this is a, a, a some like false information that I'm I'm about to spread, and you shut me down if it is. But uh, if your mom had HSV two, yeah, and then she uh, uh, like passed you. That's probably not the word, but she pushed you out of her yeah. as a baby, <laughs> and then and then and then you came out. There was a good chance that you could have HSV one. Oh, no. Okay, hold up. No? No, let's rewind a little bit. Oops. Yeah, no, 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 it's okay. I know know what you're talking about. So uh, one of the the things that is actually true about genital herpes is that if, as a woman, you have it and you are um, giving birth vaginally, Mm, there is a possibility that if you have an outbreak during labor, 
you can transmit the virus to your baby, which and, can be and quite they serious. Would get HSV two, I guess. You're well, yeah, but HSV two to HSV two. It's a little bit more. Um, Ser- it potentially more serious oh, for like infants. Could, like, yeah, like they, it's like neonatal herpes can be life threatening. Oh, fuck. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's like one of the, <coughs> one of the things about, uh, genital herpes that's like less awesome. Okay. So on the aspect of, you mentioned that you got HSV one as a child. And I want to speak to the idea that we would almost, or I would always in what, in my experience and knowing what herpes is, would always say that it's a sexually transmitted disease. But where does that language go when you say that you are a child and you're born and it's passed on through like daily activities of your parents having it or like you know, HSV one of uh, or, which is oral, and then just through whatever around. Like, is it no longer a sexually transmitted right, like, disease? Right, because are you calling it a sexually transmitted disease if your parents are like, you know, take a sip of your water and then you drink from the cup and then you get HSV-1? I don't don't think you would. No, I I think people generally compartmentalize or don't even realize that it's the same virus, essentially. If you're getting cold sores, you're like, well, I don't have herpes. I just have cold sores. Yeah, and like I remember like... I I would have really bad cold sore outbreaks all through my childhood, and they really got a lot worse when I hit puberty, which um, from what our family doctor told me is pretty uh, common. Right. If you've got any kind of, like, puberty is just like a bad situation for people <laughs> yeah. generally. In general. In, yeah. in general. You know, there's like hormones, and you're growing hair everywhere. And um, for me, it went, it took my cold sore outbreaks from bad to really, really bad. Um, so I think I, like, I spent a lot of time with my family doctor as a kid, like trying different medications and sort of, um, getting a little more familiar with the language around herpes. So I I knew it was herpes, but I didn't really know that there was this like other kind of herpes that had all of this sort of baggage attached to it until I was considerably older. Right. Mm. Do you remember at at what point it actually kind of like clicked in like, oh, this is what most people understand to be a sexually transmitted disease? Um, Like you're talking about the the HSV-1. Like you're talking about the cold sores. Just the, yeah, so... But your understanding of herpes is that it's just this thing that I had since I was born that gives me cold sores, but... But everybody, it seems like most other people, their understanding is this is a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah, I think I think it was sort of around the same time that I was starting to, um, like my impulse was to say awaken sexually, but then I feel felt like that sounded kind of stupid. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you, you, when you know, you started getting busy, getting busy, getting busy, um, because you know I, I think it it like came up maybe at a party or something. I was probably like 15 or 16. And, and You're in the middle of giving oral sex and the guy's like, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, no, nothing, uh, nothing quite so um, R-rated, unfortunately. Oh. That, that wasn't until many years later. But, um, you know, <laughs> kids at parties playing makeout games, whatever, whatever. Right. And, and I think probably what happened is um, someone said something kind of disparaging or like made a comp, but it like, it made me stop and think and be like, oh shit. Oh, like, wait a minute. You yeah. know, I've been living with this thing my whole life, but now that I'm 
getting to an age where I want to put my mouth on people's interesting places. Like I got to yeah. consider what the, what the implications are. So I just started doing some research and, and fig- fig- found out that, yeah, there is this whole kind of culture around herpes as a sexually transmitted infection yeah, right. because you can actually, um, get HSV one on your yes junk. right yeah I, yeah, yeah we learned that. that yeah we would learn that from that our is, first episode that's I definitely that. one of the one of the things that we picked up <laughs> is that you could pass that orally oh yeah to geni- genitalia Gen- genitalia <laughs> genitalies <laughs> Gen- genitalia <laughs> you can gently give it to the genitals <laughs> yeah. uh, quick little anecdote uh, and we don't have to keep this but it reminded me of that what you were just saying there and around like one of the first blowjobs I ever got I I was at a I was at a um, uh, a high school party. It was like a big like party for a graduation. And we were like younger and we went to this graduation party. And there was a girl that was a little bit younger than me and, and she and you know, she was very attractive. And I was like, let's go, let's go make out in the woods. And she was like, okay. And then we go out in the woods and we're making out. And then she's like, I'm gonna go down on you. And I was like, okay, sweet. And so she started giving me a blowjob. And when it was over, she goes, Oops. And I go, uh, what oops? Oops, what? <laughs> and she goes, uh, I don't know where my gum went. And uh, this was before the time where I was like grooming my pubes, you know? So, like, oh, I was just like, no. and I was like, wait a minute. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. And her gum literally was just infused in my pubic hair. Oh, no. And I was trying to pull it out and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. You know I what, Totally unrelated, but we should definitely keep it in the episode. <laughs> I very much enjoy that story. But, but what I want to know is, is this how you got herpes? <laughs> <laughs> well, to make things worse, I was like, well, fuck. She borrowed the gum from somebody else, and the gum had HSV-2 on it. And well, now Jeremy has, has HSV-2. Well, we come out of the woods, and I was like, God damn it. And I was kind of like pissed off that I have to like go cut my pubes off like with this gum in it. And so we come out of the woods, and as soon as we come out of the woods... A couple of my friends were there, and I'm like, hey, guys, I got a blowjob from so-and-so. And they go, oh, Jeremy, what the fuck happened to your face? And I'm like, what? I didn't get herpes, but... Poison ivy. It, mosquitoes. I had this crazy allergic reaction. And because the blowjob was so fun, I wasn't even paying attention to all the mosquitoes biting my face. <laughs> and right. I had... I looked like the elephant man. And I had to get my dad to come pick me up. It was very embarrassing. It was really a blessing in disguise that you had to cut off some of your pubes yeah. so you could see what, what kind of a difference it makes when you start yeah, to be So fair. anyway, that's, that's how that's I got actually, herpes. That's actually a really good segue into the time that my labia looked like the elephant man. Whoa. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> Tell us about your labia. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Uh, we'll go down in the history books. <laughs> that might be the best transition the we've best ever had. The best soundbite on Sick Boy, period. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, I don't know. I mean, we're kind of going in, in, in sequence historically here. So we've kind of... Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's do that. Well, and like, like we can, we can, we can kind of progress in whatever order you guys want and go back and talk more about stuff. But... Um, yeah, in terms of so so okay, so I'm I'm like 16, 17, starting to have sex, you know, implications around cold sores and you know, just being aware and and kind of making sure that I'm looking after my sexual partners is becoming uh just more of a thought process that I'm having all the time. Right. Um and 
And was the thought process like evolving as you were experimenting or was this like happening beforehand? Well, it was mostly like, okay, if I have a cold sore, I probably shouldn't make out with someone or I shouldn't, you know, like, were, you, were, you, were you aware of, of how it all worked? Well, you, like, you know what I mean? Thing, it's like, yeah, oh, if I'm in an outbreak, I shouldn't. And when I don't have an outbreak, it's yeah, okay. That's, that's a really good question. I think because I'd been dealing with it for so long. Um, and, and, and as I said, you know, there had been sort of, we'd tried different dosages of medications to make me more comfortable and suppress the virus and all this stuff. Like what, what were they, do you, do you um, know what they were giving you? Yeah. So, well, because herpes is a virus. So I, <coughs> when I was first taking medication, I think I was about 10 and it was acyclovir, um, which is an antiviral, sure. um, that's particularly effective against the herpes virus. Uh, and then by the time, like later on in my teenage years, they had changed the medication that they were recommending. So now it, uh, it's valacyclovir or like Valtrex is what it's sort of branded as. Right. So essentially it's, it's the same thing. It's just a slightly different composition. Um, and it's supposed to be more effective. So through that process of working with doctors and trying all this medication, like I, right, I, I yeah. feel like I, I got pretty aware because. Of, yeah, just that, like that's like kind of what I was what I was wondering because you're I guess you're taking medication at this time. So obviously there are professionals who are prescribing this and know what you're going through. So like is there some type of education uh for you about actually having well, like yeah, sexual intercourse like, with someone like or like yes and no and and it's kind of interesting. Like I didn't find that those that kind of information was really being offered. It was more, I kind of learned as I went, oh, hey, this is something I should be aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe because cold sores aren't given the same kind of weight as being a sexually transmitted infection, which because yeah. they often aren't, but yeah, they right. potentially could be. I didn't even know that that like a cold sore was like technically herpes until I, I know was well were, into my adult years. There you was know a what time I mean? where I thought that that I thought they were two where, where separate I things. They, I thought they were two separate things and people were like, they're the same. And but I was like, can they be no. two separate things? No. That Well, I mean, it's, it's generally speaking, if you get cold sores, it's HSV one. And generally speaking, if you get, um, like genital herpes, it's HSV2, but they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I didn't, I didn't really find that as I got older, like it wasn't included in any of the sex education I received, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Like we got told about herpes the same way we got told about gonorrhea or HIV. Exactly. But, they, but do, you know, really, do we know what it's like now? Like, do it, I mean, well, I, like I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. I imagine it's no the idea. exact fucking same. It was yeah. 20 I years ago. So right? I, I have a sister who's 10 years younger than me. She's 17. So she's in high school right now. And I don't, I don't think that it's interesting. I think we've made leaps and bounds in some ways in terms of sexual health education mm. in this province anyway. But I think in other ways we're still kind of behind. Does she yeah. have HSV one? Like, did she? Was that yeah. something that she? So she, yeah. yeah. So she contracted that from your yeah. ma or your pa. I think actually all of my siblings get cold sores except maybe one of my brothers. Yeah. So it's but 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 no one was making that link for me when I was becoming sexually active that 
yeah. having cold sores had implications and that I, you know, it was something I needed to be aware of. So when did you become aware? What, what was the, what was the catalyst of, of, of that? Um, yeah, I think, I think probably like someone said something disparaging or like made some kind of comment similar to the comment that, you know, your bros were making. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with your <laughs> well, face? Like, yeah. Yeah. Except but, maybe but more like, more like what's that shit on your mouth? What's that shit on your mouth? Yeah. Um, and so it, I think it was, that was my first, um, de- well, definitely not my first. Cause yeah, like I would get really bad outbreaks of cold sores as a kid. And so people would notice and be like, Oh my God, like what's, what's going on? Um, like in the vein of concern or in the vein of like, what the fuck? Oh, oh, maybe, both maybe probably yeah. like, I think, I don't think anyone ever meant to make me feel bad about myself, right. but, um, but yeah, like it definitely, that's good. It, yeah, that's good. Right. <laughs> That's um, a plus for human nature in, in that at that time of life. Yeah, I think I think it, definitely by the time I was in high school, I had a lot of shame associated with herpes. Yeah, and and that was that was like before the the idea that I was going to get genital herpes was even. Did you on have my any? Do you, do you have any memories of uh, anyone like specifically calling you out or or? making fun of you like in high school like where the shame came into play like is it I don't know if I have any like specific memories I I think a lot of it was it really internalized right like you know just looking in the mirror and seeing my mouth and you know I would have upwards of five sores at a time like it was pretty intense yeah um and and that's one of the other things about herpes is it can be such a variable virus people experience symptoms so differently so for me, especially around puberty, I was getting these really intense outbreaks and they were totally related to stress too, mm, right? Like, right. Oh yeah. And it's um, like the word, like the, when you get them, then you start to stress out more. So they just keep yeah. getting worse and it's like perpetual. Totally. Fuck. Yeah. And, and you crazy. know, they were trying to give me medication, um, prophylactically. So like there was this, this idea that, you know, well, if I take the medication every day, like a certain dosage, then, um, I, I, you won't, I wouldn't get outbreaks, but I mean, that wasn't working. So I was feeling pretty shitty about it. Yeah. Just feeling down in the dumps. Yeah. And I think, I think when you're a teenager and you're kind of like in that headspace of thinking, you know, you're crap and there's all this stuff that's wrong with you. It's just was one more thing to feel bad about. Yeah. Oh, totally. You could be, you could be aesthetically, aesthetically have nothing that anyone would ever notice and you're going and most if not all kids are going through that, yeah. you know, on some level. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Level in some way, but uh, what's the so what's the story of of how, you know you you start out you live almost your entire uh, uh, life that you can remember with with uh, cold sores HSV one. So what's the transition? How does that feel when you? What's the transition into HSV two? And and then the and then they're like what the. I got the, the other one now. All, all of it. I got all of it. 
And yeah. what's, what's all, all what is, of it? Yeah, yeah. What's all of it entail? Yeah. Well, is it, is, like, is, I'm, I'm we thinking beyond? like one, two. Yeah, exactly. So am I. And that's my, yeah. what my brain's well, on. Well, I, I think, I think it, that's kind of been, become my, um, my way of coping with it a little bit is like, you know, it's sort of a way to like throw my hands up and be like, what the fuck? Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, of all the things now I have all the herpes. Like I didn't, <laughs> I don't just have some of the herpes. I have all of them <laughs> everywhere. You're, it's like a, it's almost owning it in a self deprecating way. Well, you know, and, like and, a almost Louis CK esque, yeah. like, well, fuck. Yeah. Well, that's my life. Well, and I, like, I definitely want to talk more about that. Cause I think that's like a huge reason why I wanted to come on the show and mm. talk about herpes is like mm-hmm. for the need to own it. But just to answer your question about, um, what that transition was like. Um, so I think I was 19, maybe turning 20. This is like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I met this guy who I wanted to, uh, bone and (laughs) I thought you were looking for like a really elegant word. No. (laughs) I wanted to smash. Yeah. Wanted to get naked with and put his bits in my bits. Um, and so, so we, were, we were Facebook chatting. Uh, he was in Toronto working on a show, um, theater show, and I was in Vancouver. And we, had, we were making these plans to um, hook up when he got back. Would you say he was wheeling you or were you wheeling him? Uh, what well, is wheeling well, mean? No, well, none of us are playing on a junior A hockey team here, so yeah. that wouldn't really be I would a, say a language. What Brian meant was who was doing the courting. Oh, um, I, I did the mating dance. It was me. I, I went after it. You danced and flashed your feathers I and did. hopped around. I did. You wanted that D. David Attenborough was narrating. David Attenborough, yeah. David Attenborough was narrating. Yeah. Ah, um, she dances to and fro. <laughs> Do you know that song? I just continuously. Blocking her that song, <laughs> Jump on the Dick, Jump, Jump on the Dick, came Brian, in my head. Brian, no, no, Brian. Jesus Christ, no, Brian. See, see, we were at a level, and the level was like, everyone was really, really okay with the level. And everyone was really kind of playing off yeah. of the level as well. But what, no, now we're at a whole nother level. But yeah. the, the lyrics, no one, the lyrics no continue, likes... I'm going to get fucked up and suck you off. That's Those are the lyrics. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't write it. I was just repeating something. I'm just saying. No one likes this level, Brian. So we were chatting on Facebook Messenger. That song was playing in the background. <laughs> I was singing along. Um, and okay, so and then he so he's sending me a message and he's like, oh. okay, there's something I have to tell you. And I, you know, I'm 19, so I'm like, okay, what is it? Um, and uh, and he's like, well, uh, a couple of months ago, I was diagnosed with herpes. And how old is he? He was... 54. N- <laughs> it's like you guys were there. Whoa. No, he, he, he's six years older than me, I want to say. So he's, oh, okay. you know, I'm turning 20, he's 26. Got it. Um, and, and, and I said, oh, oh okay. Um, and he's like, yeah, like I have been getting tested regularly since then. And I'm like, um, and I've had some sexual partners since then, and it hasn't been a problem that I know of, but I just feel like it's important that I be honest with you and tell you that that's a thing well, that's going to on him for me. On that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. totally. It was, um, it was really. That's a toss up at 26. Yeah, and I was, I was about, I was, you know, I didn't know then, but I was going to get really familiar with the disclosure 
you know, myself. So looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, that, that took a lot of, um, courage Courage. and, and willingness to kind of, it's almost like you have to mic drop and be ready to walk away. Like you just have to be like, I fully separate myself from the result of what's going to happen. And, and, you know, someone's either going to react well, or they're going to react badly, or they'll end up somewhere in the middle. Because putting that out there is way more important than what he hopes will happen. Well, which yeah. is you going, oh, that's okay. We can work with this, whatever. Totally. Like, you know, it, which that that attachment to the positive outcome that he's looking for is the the variable that could deter somebody from disclosing that information. Mm. Oh yeah, and 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 so you know. Kudos to him. He he put it out there. Um, I think I I think I said something really cool like, oh like um, I really respect you for um, you know blah blah blah. But it was sincere and it actually you know I meant it. Right. Um, well, how did it make you? How did it make you? What was your? Yeah. Well, like, what's was there the a, reaction? Was there a to gut reaction of like I think that? It, it's so interesting to like. Because at twenty years to, old, yeah. I'm trying to I try to put myself in the shoes of my twenty year old self and hearing that from somebody, and you know, it's hard because I'm a totally different person. But yeah. What was yours? I, I think my immediate reaction was I actually need more information. Yeah. Which was kind of surprising because I I was here I am I'm like well I am the queen of herpes I know all there is to know. Um, but for the first time in my life, I'm being faced with this unknown, hmm. which is it's a different kind or a different strain of the virus. I don't know if it operates the same way. Right. Um, and I found that I didn't really know what the implications were for me. So I think I did a little research and I kind of weighed my options and I decided that I was interested in hooking up with him enough that it didn't matter to me as long as we used protection and were as safe as possible. Cause mm-hmm. that's the thing about herpes is because it's spread through skin to skin contact. Um, yeah, not mucous membrane, like not well, blood, but like yeah. skin to skin. So is, really, s- well, yeah. So, I mean, mucous membranes definitely play a role. I think that's probably why there are, I believe statistically more women living with genital herpes than men because our, Bits are more mm, right. tender. Yeah, like if mucous membrane if, is just way more. Is just the way barrier more, to entry is much less yeah. for the if virus. Brian, uh, are you circumcised? No, no, neither of you guys are. Mm-mm. Okay, so if I if I was having sex, it would, if it would. I like high fived another guy's dick with my dick, mm-hmm. and he right. had herpes, and I didn't. Well. This is going well. Uh, like head to head, and yeah, like head to head, like high five. Mm-hmm. Right? Could yeah. I pick that herpes up? I mean, I think in theory, yes. Is that mucous membrane? No, because no, it's not. It's, and that's why I'm asking. It's skin, it's skin to skin, right? It's just skin to skin. But yeah. You, yeah. Head to head. So, I mean, the, the thing, the thing to, to take from that is that, you know, if you're having sex where um, a penis and a vagina are involved, mm. you can use a condom. Great. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to guarantee yeah. that if the person with the penis has herpes <laughs> and the person with the vagina mm. doesn't, that it's not going to get transferred. Can you have right. like herpes on your ball skin? So like if your balls are slapping, um, totally, then, totally, then, really. Well, yeah, like um, if yeah, because you, you can have like butthole herpes. You can have a good dick herpes, vagina herpes, well. you totally mouth can. herpes. So can the, you have like arm herpes? I, or I don't know about arm herpes. I know that when you have cold sores like type one, because it the virus lives in your nerves. 
Okay. Um, well, that's trippy. Like, or like lives that. in your spine. Is And this is like, I'm not a doctor. It's so okay. yeah. this could be completely, you know, extrapolating the wrong scientific information. But that's what okay. I'm... A doctor will reach out and tell us. Yes. <laughs> Thank you in and, advance. And complain. Science person. <laughs> you so, idiots, you're, you're putting out false information. My rudimentary understanding of how genital herpes works is that it lives in... The, the virus lies dormant around the base of your spine. And then it travels through your nerves to the area around your genitals. Whoa. So you could, yeah, I know. And is, and this here we go, and here this, we go, right is here. this because oh, that skin is so sensitive and there's so many nerve endings? Genital herpes is transmitted through direct skin-to-skin contact during vaginal, anal, and oral sex. Transmission can happen even if genitals only touch infected skin and no penetration occurs. So, yeah. Yeah. A, high, a dick high five with another dick. Totally. Can totally I'm glad and, that we cleared and that. So, so if you're out there and you're thinking about high fiving your friend with your wiener and his wiener, do it. Ask him if he's ask, got herpes. Yeah, yeah. Or tell them that you have it. Yeah. Well, exactly. okay. So here's here's where the story gets a little complicated. So let's let's bench my personal <coughs> ordeal for a moment and just because now we're on the subject of transmission. So mm-hmm. all of this contemplates the idea that someone who has herpes knows that they have it. Right. Mm-hmm. right yeah. One of the big problems with herpes is that because so much of it doesn't go, um, like people either don't disclose or people can have the virus and not have symptoms, but they can still transmit it. Right. So it's actually pretty common. So um, then what's the difference between a flare, like about, about being sexually active when you're flare, when you have a flare up versus when you're not and being dormant? Yeah, so you're definitely more likely to transmit the virus when you have a flare-up. Yeah. Actually, I believe the time that you're most contagious is right before when you get these sort of like warning signs, which is kind of like... Like, I don't know, it's, it's sort of hard to describe. It's kind of like a nerve pain. Like if, any, if you've ever had like sciatica or any kind of like weird nerve tingling. I know the nerve sensation. Yeah, so I, like for me, when I'm going to get a cold sore, I get like this like weird tingly lip feeling. Like my lip kind of feels a bit numb and kind of itchy. And it's basically the same for me when I'm about to have uh, a genital herpes outbreak. Except I get like, like weird tingling it's funny, like on the back of my thigh, wow. it gets like, it almost feels like a sunburn. Well, I'm wondering, Super like, weird. when you said, when you mentioned, when you started talking about the nerve and it living in the nervous system and, uh, uh, and I'm thinking of like, why, if it lives in the nervous system, then why does it show up? Uh, why do we see it on the mouth and the genitals the most? And, it, and maybe that is, it's just because it's this, where the skin touches or whatever, where it touches, where the virus touches your body. And then I'm thinking, and then, but the other part of me is thinking, well, these are some of the most sensitive and most heavily nerve ended places in the body on your, on your lips. Very, oh, very, true. very sensitive yeah. to touch. That's your, a good point. Your, your genitals are super sensitive to touch. I mean, the other part I'm thinking is like fingertips. Um, and then when I think of it, when you said the back of your thigh, I'm like, if someone were to pinch the back of my thigh, it would take almost nothing for me to be like, ow, that fucking yeah. hurts like so crazy. I, like I, I've actually, because like my genital herpes like had an origin point, if you will, like the, the part of my body where I had my first flare up. But since then it has, I've gotten clusters of sores on other places. So it's sort of like in the general area of my junk. But then I did once have an outbreak on the back of my thigh, which was super weird. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I know some people, for some people it does kind of, it can like move up the buttocks to like the 
base of the spine. Like it can, it can kind of oh, wow. really vary. Then like, I, I wonder like, can you, or is it impossible to get it like on your hands? Like, so I mean. No, you in, can totally get it so on your hands. I think there's actually so a could, specific name for that you when could, the virus transfers to your hands. So then like to, just to create this insane amount of possibly negative stigma, like you could get herpes from Good holding job, somebody's Brian. hand. Yeah. Uh, in that yeah, instance. I was like, I'm just kind of puzzled by Now this is like the whole, that, like, don't right? make out with the, that, that boy or you'll, or you'll get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, well, your, and, do your research. And <laughs> so, so, so just to, to... Oh, I got some info here. Yeah, you got some info? Hit us with some info, Jer. The most well-known mucous membranes are in the genitals in the mouth. By exposing a hand to the genitals of someone with genital herpes or the mouth of someone with oral herpes... There is little chance of infecting the hand with the herpes virus because the hand itself does not have mucous membranes. So it's okay and to finger hand. fuck. Right. Jesus, Jesus Brian. Jesus, my Brian. God. But Brian, don't, you're on a roll tonight with like the really <laughs> sharp language. Yeah. Don't like don't finger fuck someone if you've touched their mouth that has a cold sore on it. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking right. of like this weird scenario where they're just like touching each other's mouths and then <laughs> and like rubbing and each other's mouths with their fingers and then fucking. All right. <laughs> you guys don't do that. Yeah. You guys have weak foreplay then. Let's, I'm just uh, saying. Mm, no, I'm going to yeah. beg the differ there. <laughs> Brian's uh, foreplay game is strong. Yeah, I'm very strong. I'm let's kidding. reel it in. Let's reel it in. Let's come back to uh, your, your story. Let's right. come back to your, your be, personal experience. S- sorry, just. One thing that we kind of bypassed that I do want to ask about sure. um, before we get like right yeah. back into the story is is uh, disclosure when when so provided that you know that you have uh, herpes and yeah. it comes time for disclosure is it just morally that you're required or is it, are you like legally required to disclose? I don't think you are legally required unless it is a uh, an illness that can yeah yeah like. So Hep C, is Hep C, mm-hmm. I think Hep C is legally oh, no. required. No, 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 That's it's right. not. Brian said it wasn't. It's not. HIV definitely. HIV you have to disclose. Um, Hep C isn't because it doesn't necessarily kill you. Yeah. But it's another good question. Yeah, so there's, I mean, okay, so there's, uh, there's a couple levels to that. I, I knew a guy when I was living in Victoria, which is where I went to high school, who... Um, we met as friends, really liked hanging out, started to hang out solo, thought maybe, you know, we're kind of vibing on each other. Um, we hung out one day and he noticed I had a cold sore and he was like, oh shit, man. And I was like, what's up? And he said, well, you know, and I did, I didn't know this, but I hadn't really made the connection in my head. He had a, an underlying immune condition. So his immune system was super, super suppressed Um, and, and one of the things, uh, it was that he couldn't expose himself to any kind of virus knowingly, right? Like because he was so immune, uh, immune suppressed, um, because of his underlying condition, um, getting herpes would have been really devastating to his health. So in a situation like that, you know, he, we didn't, nothing ever happened between us physically, because it's sort of... Oh, okay. So nothing had no, happened. Nothing had happened. He just saw it. And because, you know, from where he was coming from, he was like, <coughs> obviously, uh, really attuned to stuff like that. Right. Um, so did you have the conversation then? Well, yeah. So we talked about it and he was like, yeah, like this is a non-starter for me. 
and it, right. and not in the way that it's a non-starter for some people where they have a stigma attached to it or it's like, ew, gross, or I'm not interested in exposing myself to that kind of yeah. risk or whatever. What kind of what like went through your mind well, after I, that? Well, I mean, in, in that, and this was before I um, got genital herpes that we had this discussion. It was just about right. cold sores. So, I mean, I didn't have the same like emotional, it didn't have, carry the same emotional weight that it, it probably would have a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I understood where he was coming from. I mostly just felt sad, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. I had this experience that this guy that I was really into, um, for for him, it it's was like, it was a barrier. Total, it's just like, sorry, I yeah. I just can't. Yeah, like, it's the not, conversation was literally like, I can't. Yeah, like stigma and everything else aside, it's just no like, stigma this, this at isn't, all. This like one either. of the most compassionate and loving conversations right. I've ever had about herpes. Yeah, just not an option. Just not an option. Um, so yeah, so just yeah, getting back to. Um, how I got the downstairs peas, um, <laughs> the herps, the herps, the herp to derps. Um, <laughs> herpy so, derpy. We played a game. At, yeah, maybe we'll explain that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I decide I decide that I'm I'm in. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the deed with this fella. Um, so we start uh, hooking up regularly, and I think it was probably like maybe two or three weeks. And I remember I had just like started some new job that I hated. And I was at this like job. It was at like uh, Urban Fair, which is like Whole Foods, but like owned by Jim Pattison. And it's like I'm familiar with Urban Fair. Super soul sucking and yeah, awful. They, they just <laughs> supplied some uh, chocolates at a gala that I spoke at the other night. They were very tasty. Yeah, no, I, like no, no, mm-hmm. no dissing of their chocolate. No, no, more dissing of their. How, yeah. I heard that they flew Corporate in structure. bread from France and were selling loaves of bread for $90. Right. I mean, they, like that's kind of... That <laughs> but sounds... if you are working at Urban Fair and you want to support Sick Boy Podcast, uh, we are looking for sponsors, so please uh, just hit us up. <laughs> Info at sickboypodcast.com. So, I mean, Urban Fair, it really plays an important part in my story because I was in the employee restroom of Urban Fair oh, God. Oh, God. In, in Yale Town when I first discovered what oh, I, what oh, I no. thought might be... A herp. A herp. And I this thought, is the guy, right? I thought this you were going to say that's Toronto. where he did it. This is the <laughs> this guy. Is the yeah, this guy. is the Toronto guy who's who's actually a Vancouver guy. So right. he moved back. So I, I, you know, I think I was like peeing and I was wiping and I was like, ow, what's that? Owie. And instantly it's like, like, whoa, oh God. Like oh, my stomach yeah. is like on the floor. And I'm like, Ooh. my heart is pounding so fast because it was so interesting, right? Because I had, I had sort of thought through it, right? Like he had, he had disclosed. Mm-hmm. I had done my research. You felt, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, but I think maybe because I was 20 and I thought I was invincible or mm-hmm. so, something. Or and I probably thought, horny. Yeah, you know, and horny. Like you're at that or age. Or I was really like, like oh, well, yeah, I already have most of the herpes, so there's no way I'm going to get more of them. That's what right. I say about CF. I'm like, I can't get cancer. I have cystic fibrosis. <laughs> but uh, that's not true. Right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, I think I had cancer. it in my head that it, it somehow I was going to be protected because there's no way that, you know, I was going to get more peas. Right. <laughs> but, and, but yet it, it happened. So yeah. um, I, <laughs> I went to a clinic and I kind of, you know, walk in and um, the doctor's like, okay, what's, you know, what's the nature of your concern today? Blah, blah, blah. Walk in clinic, doctor talk. Yeah. And, um, and I sort I said, well, okay, here's my situation. Like laid it all out. <laughs> and that was my first encounter with 
medical professionals and how they treat you when you have a sexually transmitted infection, maybe. Um, Not all doctors. I want to be really clear. I've met some really awesome doctors in my my herpes journey. Um, But a lot of doctors, and this doctor in particular I found, was like, I'm probably fine as a clinician, but from looking back, like I was 20, I was scared shitless that my life was over. And what I really needed was to be reassured and told that it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe that's not in a doctor's scope of work to say but shit like that. Be. But well, like, shouldn't it be? Like what happened I to bedside manner? I don't be. know. I'm not really, I, I, devil, devil's advocate, I guess. There's... I, I don't want to say devil's advocate because I'm, I'm not saying that I don't that I think that doctors should be like dispassionate or, there's, or anything. There's just about a reality that. to it. I mean, you're getting there's a there's how a, many people a day that come in and well, sure. it's the so, same fucking thing. And, so maybe you know, so. so maybe what I needed was the facts, and I needed yeah. that clinical capability. Yeah, and what I needed that I didn't get either in that visit or the follow up visit where I went and got my test results and was it was confirmed yes in fact you do have genital herpes. I didn't get any resources. Right. And that's important. I didn't get any, like, here's some literature for you. Did you cry? Like, did you go? Oh, I bawled my eyes eh? out. And I'm, my, people who know me will tell you that I'm not a crier. I mostly cry when I'm really, like, I'm so fucking exhausted that I can't stop myself. Mm -hmm. I, I bawled my eyes out because I remember feeling, you know, like, okay, I'm 20 years old. I have an incurable sexually transmitted infection that, you know, in that moment, it felt like everyone, including this doctor, thinks is gross and bad and makes me a bad person. And my life is over, which, you know, in hindsight, my life was not over. But in that moment, that was my emotional experience. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel... Like there was much space for that. I feel like one of the issues, and you know, I, I can only draw on, on my experience of going to walk-in clinics through the years because since I've left my parents' uh, health plan since when I was, I don't know what what age I went off of that, but since then, five? No, no, no definitely not. Because yeah. I'm just freshly turned twenty-six, and I have not yeah. been on my parents' health plan for a long time, um, and. My experience with going to walk-in clinics has been you go in and there's a lot of people that are going in because they just want to like be reassured that this thing that they're worried about is nothing. And I think that a lot of times that it ends up being something that's nothing. And you've got these doctors and again, my experience, sorry to all you uh walking clinic doctors out there that are, you know, the most compassionate and awesome people. But it's like, you see so many people every day on the same, in the same vein as you were saying, Jer, you see the, it's like, it's like, okay, bring them in. Eh, Nothing. Go home. Oh, it's a little fungus. Here's a cream. See you later. Like, and it's just the revolving door of patients that totally understandably deadens the emotional response to, Something because a doctor's a doctor's not seeing a doctor's not seeing your your <laughs> you as a person. You're, a doctor is seeing your what you what you what you've got. And they're going, seeing you as a human body with an issue. They're seeing and, you yeah. as a science, as, as a puzzle. As, as a yeah. Sci- yeah, they're exactly, see, as a they're puzzle. seeing the herpes, right? Yeah. And they're going, oh, yeah. you have herpes. 
this is what you do for that. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. That's one of the one of the areas that medical system lacks in. Yeah. Well, we and we talk about that a lot. That that's come up a lot over the over the course of the podcast is talking about how do doctors handle that and is there should they be cold? Should they be emotional? Should Mm -hmm. is there a balance that they should be adhering to? Should that be should that be an aspect of medical training? I think with something like herpes, one of the one of the most challenging things about having it and you know living with it and dealing with it and dating with it and you know um just the the sort of multifaceted experience of it is that there's this enormous social and cultural impact yeah that totally. doctors don't shouldn't necessarily have to treat or deal with but they should be aware of i think because yeah. The thing is, is like, I don't know, it's, I find that even when, you know, TV shows or radio shows or podcasts or people are really sex positive and really, you know, aware and educated, if, if someone's going to joke about a sexually transmitted infection, they end up joking about herpes. Because, because I feel like societally, there's still this perception that it's somehow, the clown of the STDs. Right, because it's typically totally. not, it's not, wait, outside of the the few things that you mentioned, it's not life-threatening. Absolutely. But the but impact it's life, that it has. it's life-lasting. And it's life-altering right? big yeah. time. And, and, and on the doctor thing, is it too much to ask us to say, after the, after the you've got herpes or HSV-1 or HSV-2, HSV-2, Sounds like say. a Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks rom-com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got, yeah. The sequel to You've Got Mail. Yeah, You've Got Herpes. You've got, yeah, you, now, you, you had mail, now, now you've you got herpes, herpes. And you got it from the mail. So <laughs> is it too much to ask? Forever. Is it too much to ask after they, after they deliver that initial piece of information to go, and you know what? This isn't the end of your sexual, of your sexual experience. Mm. You just have to be honest and open with your partners and there will be challenges in that, but mm. please know that you can still be sexually active. So I, that, I think that's a really good segue into asking you, Hannah, what, like, you know, you went through that experience and, and probably immediately thought, well, there goes my fucking sex life. There goes my dating life. Yeah, basically. And I'm guessing that's, that it wasn't quite the outcome that you were expecting. no. It's it's funny because um, once the initial terror and shame sort of subsided, um, I realized that nothing about me had actually changed. Like nothing about me as a person had actually mm-hmm. changed. And that what society believes or doesn't believe or knows or doesn't know about herpes isn't doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. So my my way of coping with um, the anxiety about it and the sort of the the shittiness of it was to start talking about it um, or try to start talking about it. And it was hard, right? Because it's like, you know, my parents and I are super tight and picking up the phone and calling to tell my dad that I got herpes was like probably one of the shittiest conversations of my life. Yeah. Um, but it was important to me that the people closest to me know because there I wasn't sure what I was going to be dealing with. You know, like my first outbreak was pretty minor 
But like, I didn't know, was it going to be something that was going to happen with the same severity that I'd had cold sores as a teenager? Like, was it going to be, um, debilitating in some way? Like, was I going to have constant outbreaks? Was I going to be in a lot of pain? Was I going to need to take a ton of medication? Like, I didn't know what I was going to be dealing with and what kind of support I would need either on a practical or an emotional level. Mm -hmm. So I just started talking about it and it was funny because I found that when I started, especially when I started opening up to people sort of of our age group, it was like I was lifting this veil, Mm. right? Because I would sort of just say, like, I would disclose, but not necessarily to people that I had any interest in being in a sexual relationship with, but I would just kind of practice telling people, hey, guess what happened to me this weekend? Um, And people started saying (laughs) things like, well, that I have it too. Oh my god! Right, because and then it ends I up feel being like I can't like so much more. I common. feel like I can't I can't talk about it with anyone. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it becomes this human thing. Well, right? yeah, it's like and normalized. I or, actually realized that like the statistics are true. More people have herpes than you would think, and mm-hmm. a lot of people I think are living in fear and in a sort of cage of silence that they feel like they have to stay inside. I get it. I get what you're trying to say, which is essentially like, if we just all get it, it's not going to be a big deal. Well, so go out and get get it. If we all have it, it's not weird. Well, or, you know, if like, I don't, like, I don't know. I mean, it, I, what, what I found was a lot of people have it or, have been with someone who has it it. or have a friend who has it. So like there's a lot more, I think the, the trick is to keep talking about it because the hardest, the Mm. hardest times for me in terms of like dating with herpes have been the conversations where I've gone into the disclosure feeling really good about myself and feeling really, um, like I have my talking points like in my head and I'm ready to just have the conversation and be, not attached to the outcome. And then what I'm met with is a lot of stigma. Yeah. Or a lot of like, ooh. How old are you? Uh, I just turned 27. Okay. And uh, when you got the genital herpes, you were 20. Yeah. So it's been about seven years. Yeah. Um, what's your, like, are you seeing anyone right now? Yeah, I am. And how did that, how did that start? And how did that conversation go when you first brought it up, when you first broached it? Well, okay. So I, I tried something totally different when I started dating my current partner. Just telling them a year later. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just, just, just straight up lied. Um, he actually asked me a direct question and I said, no, I don't have any. I have none of them. What? I have none of that herpes. Why would you bring that up? What are That's these weird. And then shortly, shortly after you guys. What is this herpes <laughs> short, that you're talking about? Shortly after you slept together, you were like, Haha, now you have it too, and you're <laughs> yeah. stuck with me for the rest yeah, of your tag, life. Tag, you're it. It's, that worked, it's right? not just herpes, it's your peas. <laughs> no, um, so I, I, met, I met my, my boyfriend uh, online, uh, which is often how I end up dating, because, you know, Vancouver's a big city, and mm. people have busy lives, and it's also like kind of a way to suss out for me. Like we talking Tinder, like plenty of fish. No, or we're talking herpesingles.coms. There, well, there. I've, I've heard there How actually are herpes really? dating sites. Oh, that yeah. would make total sense. For there's sure. a, there's an there's a dating website for, for like everything. Every niche. Yeah, there's a dating farmers app. Own, farmers, 
Farm, the, what's it called? A, Farmer's what? There's a dating website for gay barebacking yeah. sex. Like, of course, there's going to be a herpes. That's actually really online. nice, though. Not Don't think of it as a sexually transmitted infection. Just think of it as a niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. A cool and, and, niche. You know, and, and, a cool and niche. A segue into that, uh, the idea of it being niche, it is not niche because according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, about one out of six people in the United States, age 14 to 49, have genital herpes. Wow. There you go. Caused herpes. by Whoa. the HSV2 infection. <laughs> the overall genital herpes statistic is probably higher, the CDC stated, since many people are Whoa. also contracting genital herpes through, the, through oral sex caused by HSV1. Mm-hmm. Taking this into account, genital herpes statistics are usually quoted at closer to 25% for women and because of the mucous membrane mm-hmm. of the vagina being a lot more uh, easily accessible, uh, and ten percent for men. Yeah, wow, That's crazy. So, so we're on. So, OK Cupid, which is a little bit more of a long form. Yes, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. Like Match.com. It's, yeah, it's it's free, so it's not quite as intense as Match.com, but okay. it's you know it's a little bit like you know court woo me with your words. Yeah, you gotta have like make a profile and answer a ton of questions and be right. be a human. Um, so we, this guy starts chatting with me. We end up meeting up that night for drinks and no time wasted. No. And speaking of no time wasted, I told him like at the restaurant we were at, at the bar we were at in the middle of the conversation. I stopped, I think I stopped what we were talking. Like conversation was great. It was going really well. And I realized like, oh shit, I really like this guy. Like, you know, he's cool and, and, um, super smart and, and really passionate and like up to really cool things. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to waste any time. I'm just going to bring it up right now. Cause if, if he's not down, I don't want to, Totally. Mm. I don't like. Is there any reason why you wouldn't? Br- is there any reason why you wouldn't bring it up earlier? Like even within the the first like the internet part of it. Like yeah, I, I'm or not, do you think that yeah. that's like kind of a little too soon? I think face to face is probably a, yeah. Face to face is nice, and I mean it may not seem like it because I'm on a podcast talking about how I have herpes, <laughs> but it it still does feel a little bit personal. How like, does this feel? It, like what yeah. we're doing right now. I mean, it, like, I don't know. It's so funny. I was, when, when I responded to the call for people wanting to be on the show like months ago and I was so revved up and then when you emailed me, I was so revved up again. And then this, you sure were, (laughs) I sure, I sure were. And then coming on my way here, I had a moment where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, what, thousands of people like, are going to listen to this, yeah. right? And 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 they're going to hear my voice, and like people that I like, I'm going to want to share this with yeah. people and be like, "This is a thing." Mm-hmm. And, and and so I don't know. I mean, it it feels good to be talking about it, but also a little, but also exhilarating a little, and and a little bit a little weird, weird and scary. Because I guess there is, I do still have, you know, even with all my practice, talking about it. And, and, you know, considering myself a little bit of an advocate for, um, people with herpes feeling really free and positive to talk openly about their experiences. Um, I still have a little bit Mm. of internalized, like, Ooh, well, this is just another notch on that belt, that advocate belt. Is there a little bit of weirdness to it? Because like in this, in this podcast episode, it's like an hour about your herpes, but really you as Hannah, like. Herpes is what I imagine to be a very small part of your life, even though I'm sure that it's affected you as and as we've talked about, there's lots of situations and 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 lots of, you've probably taken away from it, but like 
I'm sure that there's so much more to who you are as a person than herpes yeah. itself, right? Yeah, totally. I think for me, why it feels really important. To, no, there's nothing. There's laughing? nothing. Right. Just because I, I, I was. There's nothing more to me. Hey, I was imagining no. her giving you that response. <laughs> That's no. it. No, I just no. try not. I try not to just make herpes. any assumptions. I try not to make any assumptions, I'm even just ones that are a that big walking blister. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 seriously, because it's not like we we talk a lot on the podcast about uh, not letting your illness define you. Yeah, and like Jer says that CF has has actually given him a lot and. He's thankful for a lot of the things that... I always say that I let it define me on my own terms. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I, well, I'm glad not, to allow... You haven't always said that. I haven't. I, I started saying that through the process of this podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And to... to uh, just to And it's coming back to what we were kind of talking about earlier, is yeah. owning it. Just owning it. And well, being yeah, like, and you know what? This is me. That, yeah. This and is it's, me. It's... It, just to riff on what you were saying about, you know, what what CF has given you, Mm. whatever that might be. I feel like for me, having herpes has really made me mindful Mm. about relationships Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't know. I don't know if how I would have turned out differently. Maybe I would have turned out the same in terms of how I approach sex and intimacy and relationships just because of who I am as a human. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. definitely having herpes and, and getting genital herpes at a relatively young age, like I'd only been having sex for two years, mm-hmm. right? So it was pretty pretty early on mm. for me. Um, so that definitely has shaped how I how I am and who and you know like who I want to let into my life mm-hmm. in that yeah. way because it is it is it, there have been experiences where the the sharing of myself has been, it's felt like it's been thrown back in my face. So yeah. it's made me really discerning, I think, but it's also made me a really good communicator. Well, that's an amazing quality. I discernment and, uh, you know, I know we were talking about yoga a little bit and, uh, discernment is one of the qualities of the yogi that, that, that makes you able to, uh, live a very aware existence mm-hmm. to be able to discern, and to discriminate and discriminate in the way of discriminate of what is good and what's bad. Yeah, for you. be able to see the difference. Yeah, like I, it's funny. Um, sometimes when I'm talking with like my best friends or my mom or you know just whoever my my people happen to be and debriefing, you know, when I'm in a more active dating phase in terms of like meeting meeting pe- lots of people, um, I I sometimes call herpes my asshole filter. Mm. <laughs> you know, cause it's like, it's a, that's true. Actually. Not to be, not to come down too hard on anyone who at any time for any reason has chosen not to be intimate with someone because they have herpes. Cause like, understandable, like my friend yeah. that I was telling you about, sometimes there's legit reasons. Um, but oftentimes when I have that conversation and someone reacts badly, I'm like, well, you know what? That's probably not someone I want in mm. my life anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who is, um, not only misinformed, but kind of a dick about it and mm. like doesn't really take the I feel like it's more that yeah, side of it. If you're gonna if like your reaction is 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 just like you know, just foul in a yeah. way that's that that is that's just really disrespectful. Just like, a lack of it, there's I feel like there's okay it's okay in a in a sense to be misinformed. It and is to not and it's also like I've I've you know what? I have like I have a little bit of a resource package that I have accumulated over the years and I will literally just be like, cool, you need to educate yourself here. Mm. And like, 
you know, I'll text the person the links, links. Because, right? Yeah. And say like, and just because you, just so you know, uh, 25% of the women statistically that you ever are involved with will have it. So, so when you, so when you get it, just, you know, my number. Yeah. Well, for sure. But like, but it's, it's also like, I've found some really great articles that are first person accounts and people talking about their own, like the mm. lived experience. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's because there's sort of a cone of silence around herpes and what it mm-hmm. is to have it. It would be really great if you could share those links yeah, in totally. your blog posts that will go a- along with this episode. Yeah, for we'll, sure. We'll talk about that. And oh, now, I, was, I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? What? Um, now, you, you now, mentioned... Wait, wait. Um, sorry, I was just going to say, I, want, I didn't want to move on first because of one other reason, but uh, you, you can also now share your episode with people... As a resource. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there you go. Cool. Yeah, here's this link, here's this link, and here's the episode I did on Sick Life Podcast. And here's me talking the, about the one, stuff. The reason why I didn't want to move on is is because I wanted to add that it's you're not an asshole if you, if you choose not to sleep with someone who has herpes. That's your decision, but the, the, the great filter there is how that person reacts when you tell them. Totally. If they're like... Fuck you, bitch! I'm not gonna sleep with you because you're dirty. <laughs> well, I mean, you're dirty. Then, say that it's like, then, well, then, yeah, but this it, conversation okay. is <laughs> over. But, yeah. but if, they, if they say like, hey, if, if, if the person is like, I, like I understand what you're telling me, and mm-hmm. then thanks for sharing this information. But you know, this is my choice to to not do that. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know how you have that conversation yeah. anyway. And it's but, and like totally. And I would never, <clears throat> I would never say to someone you're not like you don't have the right to make a decision about your body because essentially like by calling someone an asshole for choosing not to fuck me because I have herpes what I'm saying is yeah Yeah. you don't have the you don't have the right to make a decision for your body which I would never say that is not something I believe at all I think something that I do believe is that um a lot more people have herpes that then realize it a lot of people have the virus already and don't have symptoms um, and the symptoms, especially over time, cause the virus does kind of change over time for a lot of people. So even if you have kind of intense symptoms in the beginning, it tends to like get a little bit less. So mm-hmm. over the years, um, I feel like it's like the closest I can explain it is like, it's kind of like my vagina has a cold every once in a while. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, mm. for sure, I get it. Like maybe that is a deal breaker for someone, but like. If if there was some hot human that you really wanted to bone and they were like, just so you know, there's a risk that your dick might get a cold every once in a while. Like just a different way, just a different perspective. You know, and, and for it. sure. Yeah. And that's not to minimize it or to say it's not to minimize the experience of people who have really bad symptoms. Because I, I know some of those people out there who experience herpes in like a really severe way. And for them it's not like they it's have a like cold. pneumonia. Yeah, it's like yeah. intense bronchitis right. all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think I would say in general, like speaking in generalities, I think that's a pretty fair, um, fair uh, comparison. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like I think it'll be interesting to see what happens because um, I think things are starting to shift and people are starting to talk about it more. Mm-hmm. And maybe as it gets more normalized and people people with herpes feel like less. Uh, shame, like ashamed or like they have to pretend or hide. Um, maybe people's perceptions around it will start to shift too. Yeah. Um, you you kind of mentioned it. 
Uh, and we are we're we're coming up to the end of our time here. And there's two things that I want to hit. You already talked about what what herpes has kind of given you, and uh, I'm I'm wondering if there's anything specifically that that comes to mind. It, it did. What did herpes take away from you? Um, Usually, I phrase that those two questions like the the positive comes last because it's just mm-hmm. nice. But you already answered it, so I, I am just curious to know. Like, what's yeah. the? What, is there anything? If there is anything, yeah, I, I think. Um, I remember being younger and having this complete ease around sex, mm. like the idea of sex and like being sexual and like seeing someone that I wanted to have sex with, uh, that there was a real liberation in that. And now I don't relate to it as a barrier anymore. I just relate to it as an additional step, mm-hmm. but, but, but I don't, I don't have that same ease anymore. Yeah, just because there is that extra yeah. hurdle. Yeah. yeah, like one, like the notion of one, a one night stand is so complicated for me. Yeah, yeah. Right. and that's not to say that I couldn't have a one night stand. For sure, I could. It would just be maybe more work than the average person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that um, if even if I felt complete freedom within my body to go have a one night stand, that I would even want to or enjoy the experience. But right. It definitely is something that, um, yeah, like I remember that feeling of complete The freedom ease. of an option. Yeah. The freedom. Yeah, to- I just feel like I have fewer options. Um, and then coming back to your boyfriend now, um, does he have, her, how long have you guys been together? Um, we started dating in the beginning of July. Okay, so it's, it's still kind of fresh. Uh, yeah. And has he contracted herpes? No, or? not, Sweet. I mean, not that I know of, not, not yeah. in a, a way that shows symptoms at all so sweet cool yeah and so. and things are well like that you yeah. know he's he was down for the get down and yeah he was one of the one of the ones who was sort of like oh yeah i mean i i have yeah i've ex- encountered that before and mm-hmm. you know here's what i here's what i know about it is that accurate and is there anything else i need to know mm. and we kind of cool it's it's that was the end of it well high five to him yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to touch on? I know you said something about your labia looking like uh, the elephant man, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just like <laughs> sometimes some, sometimes things get a little puffy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Really? Wow. Well, like, yeah, like, because sometimes when... I mean, I don't know. Other people probably experience this differently, but sometimes when you get an outbreak, it's like one single... Like the one sore to rule them all. Like a, like a really bad <laughs> ingrown like really, zit. Yeah. Well, or like a... And in the redness bind them. Yeah. But then sometimes it's like a cluster. It's like, you oh, know, yeah. it's like a... It, it like radiates out and like makes other little sore babies. And... Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's, it's So it's a little, you know, it's a grab bag. Like you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what kind a, of exciting. It sounds exciting. What a charming place to... <laughs> like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a charming place to end the podcast. Uh, yeah. I think that... Uh, I, you know, it's so funny. So this is the second time we've had a conversation on uh, uh, HSV1 and 2. Right on. And uh, it was... Part of me was like, ah, oh, we've already done this. Like, I, I don't know how it's going to go over. And it was, it, it's just a, a, a wonderful testament to what we're trying to do here is just talk to people's unique experience. 
and it will never, I don't think it, that will ever get old. And it's just, uh, I'm glad that you've taken the time to come in and share with us your experience because I feel like I still was able to take something away from this oh and learn God, something. Yeah. And, and, and also I feel like what you're doing is you're just, you're perpetuating that, that, that world that we're almost at where so many more things that we look at as tab- taboo or look at as like scary or totally fucked up or weird or, or clownish and jokey mm-hmm. and just humanizing it and totally normalizing it. And uh, I, I really do hope that when you send out those links to people who you think need to get more educated on herpes, that you send them our conversation because I think this is uh, this is really cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank and you. Let me talk about all the herpes. All the herpes. I think, I think um, Jer also feels better about this because he had a few bouts of chlamydia. No, I haven't. Now, now like this helps him to better understand too. I've been taking a drug that... That anyway, okay. <laughs> Fuck you guys. It Thanks would also so be okay if that were true, and it would be totally no okay. There's shame. nothing wrong with there's chlamydia. nothing wrong with having an STI. I don't know why he's trying to pretend like he didn't have it, but because exactly. I take the pill for something else. Anyway, whatever. Uh, that is it for today. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, God damn it, we are proud and excited to be here in Vancouver. We're looking forward to more recordings, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. That is, oh, you know what? I should probably say, if you did like it, go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> well, for Ooh. sure do that. Uh, also, we're on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash sickboy. And uh, we're always looking for your support. Um, uh, if you enjoyed what you heard tonight uh, or today or this morning or wherever and whatever you're doing, Uh, There is much more exclusive content hanging out on our Patreon page, so go check that out. And uh, So, yeah, thanks again. And uh, we love you, and we love your support. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.
when it's done, I can't see myself even caring. The only time I sleep is in the day when other people seem to roam about and play out in the cup and bed. I get to rest my head and all my neighbors wait and raise the dead. <laughs> For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.